build a secluded mansion in which to enjoy his affair with an ambitious courtesan, not much older than Keeler. The courtesan was Anna Maria, Countess of Shrewsbury, and the politician, George Villiers, Duke of Buckingham, a childhood friend of Charles II and one of the wealthiest men in England. When Buckingham bought Cliveden in the 1660s, it comprised two modest hunting lodges set within 400 acres of land. Over the following decade, he transformed it, landscaping the gardens and constructing a magnificent house as a monument to his scandalous affair with the Countess. The estate sits just five miles upriver from Windsor Castle and fewer than thirty from the Palace of Westminster in London, a privileged location that will be crucial to the lives of its residents. Its outlines have changed little since the 17th century, and then, as now, Cliveden is one of England's most breathtaking landmarks. To the southwest, the grounds overlook the Thames from the tall chalk cliffs that give the site its name. Over the centuries, it has also been spelt Cliefden, Clifden, and Clifden. Further north, the cliffs, which are densely planted with oak, beech, ash, and chestnut, dip into a hollow, and the gardens trail like skirts down to the water. At the top of these gardens, at the end of a long parterre, and raised to an even more imperious height by an arcaded terrace, stands the house itself, an elaborate Italianate mansion flanked by two wings and approached by road from the north down a long gravel drive. In April 2012, Cliveden became central to my life when my husband acquired the property. When it came into our possession, it was no longer a private residence. Cliveden had been reincarnated as a university and a hospital, and latterly run as a hotel. But amid its faded charms, there were clues everywhere to the past lives of the estate, most noticeably in the portraits of the house's former mistresses. In the great hall hangs a portrait of Anna Maria, the original inspiration for the house, a courtesan much maligned in her own time and misunderstood by subsequent generations. Carved into the staircase is Elizabeth, Countess of Orkney, a formidable intellect, power broker and long-time lover to Britain's conqueror of 1688, William III. Augusta of Saxe-Gotha, the queen that Britain was promised and then denied in the middle of the 18th century, is immortalised in a painting over the grand staircase, while the fourth mistress, Harriet, Duchess of Sutherland, a glittering society hostess and the closest confidant of Queen Victoria, presides over the dining room. Finally, hanging beside the fireplace in the great hall, is John Singer Sargent's portrait of Nancy Astor, Cliveden's last great mistress, Britain's first female member of Parliament, and one of the most controversial and colourful women in British political history. The struggles and sacrifices of these women, their juggling of outer image and inner life, are familiar and universal. Their privileges, however, were extraordinary. It is from their elite viewpoint that this book narrates the tumultuous events of the last three centuries, restoration and glorious revolution, aristocratic rise and fall, two world wars, and the Cold War. Along the way there are tales of fanaticism and fashion, 
of censorship, disease, slavery, and the unlikely correlation between gardening and warfare. As well as being a story about women and power, this book is also the biography of a house. Conceived by Stuart aristocracy, Cliveden later served as a countercourt during the power struggles of the Hanoverian dynasty, and in the 19th century became a crucible for a new brand of liberal politics while continuing to offer a safe haven for royalty. With the decline of aristocratic wealth, it was one of the first houses to be bought up by American money, and in the later 20th and 21st centuries, it has become part of a new commercial order in which my husband and I, Jewish and self-made, play our part. Throughout the narrative, Cliveden itself remains central, the constant character and a defining presence in the lives of all these women. For more than three